Hey everyone, this is Wesley Town. Thanks for joining me today. Welcome to Conversations Around Christianity and Culture, Season 1. Hey everyone, this is Wesley. I'm here with my great friend, Xavier Brasseur. What's good? And I just got to teach at his church, a remarkable church. It's a year and two months old. Yep. It's in the city of Ashton, Oregon. Awesome college town, amazing culture, and it's Thanksgiving break. So I'm around and I taught here and he he just is killing it. You're killing it, man. Give us a little like quick overview of what's happening here. Just yeah, like one pretty, minute. Yeah, pretty quick. We went from a park with 20 people into the community center with 150 to having been given this building by a, a church that was here before and we've been remodeling it. Now we're at two gatherings and the Lord's bringing new people and there's just a vibe in the community. People are being made aware of this story but not even knowing really what it is and the Spirit's just bringing people here to check it out and it's been so cool story after story of what God's doing in the community mm. bringing people here. That's amazing. And my boy Wesley came in and brought the fire. Yes. The so uh, today I talk uh, about uh, the fact that our world is a broken world and it needs grace, mm-hmm. but in particular, like how do we interact with people? What does grace look like tangibly to people that are broken, in pain, suffering, feeling guilt? And I shared uh, five words uh, for how to treat people in pain and suffering. Uh, the first is compassion. Mm-hmm. Uh, every single person that is in a state of pain and suffering, they need you and I to acknowledge that whatever they are going through is hard and painful and that it's okay not to be okay. I think sometimes in Christianity, we uh, teach people that pain needs to be fixed or alleviated as, as quick as possible. And so people that are suffering may feel inferior spiritually, but that's actually not the case, especially from the story of Job or the story of Jesus, which I talked about today. Um, and then the second thing that people need is faithfulness. They need to know that we are in their corner through the, the pain and the seasons of pain that they're going through uh, from start to finish, that we are going to be faithful in relationship to them no matter what. The third word is love. Uh, it's the most powerful virtue on earth. It's what we all crave. It's what we crave from God and it's who God is. And so uh, if we can love people, not in a trite way, I think too much in Christianity, there's just these you know silly trite sayings we say. Um, or we use love in a way that really is diminished of its depth and value. Uh, I think people need a real care and tangible, genuine love uh, as they're going through pain and suffering. The fourth is presence. Um, people need our presence more than they need our words. So many of us, we think so much about our words, our ideas, our solutions, our opinions, that that's what we offer people in pain. And oftentimes that's really confusing or hurtful to people instead of just letting them know that we're here for them and that we care about them. We know that their life is hard and what you're going through is painful, but we are present in in our heart and we're present uh, in practical, tangible ways in our life as well. And then the fifth is kindness. Uh, People people really need kindness. Kindness isn't just... Uh, a part of our character, an orientation in our presence. Kindness really is, it's something that comes from the heart, but it's, it's tangible ways to help people in times of need. And I think of so many uh, ways of, 
of kindness, small acts of kindness that people have offered myself and my wife um, in our long seasons of suffering, cards, uh, texts of genuine emotion and love and care. And I I can't uh, recount all the times, but so many of those times that we received acts of kindness, uh, it caused our hearts to cry, um, not because we were sad, but because we were so thankful that somebody genuinely cared about us Mm -hmm. in their heart. And so grace really is not just a reality that uh, God gives us what we don't deserve, but grace has tangible, practical uh, ways that it can be shown um, toward people that live in a broken world, that are suffering, that are in pain. And I think these five ways are the most important things that you can do uh, to show grace and love and care to people in pain. Compassion, faithfulness, love, presence, kindness. Hmm. Any thoughts on that, Zav? Yeah, the one, honestly, that was just really sticking out to me was just presence. Um, Just being present with people Hmm. in their suffering and in their brokenness. Uh, That's actually what Jesus did. He just became present. Hmm. He took on human flesh and became present with us uh, so that in our suffering now, he actually is present with us. And that's, I think, the hardest of the five for me personally to live out because it's so easy when you when you are present with someone who is suffering. The easiest thing to do is just to start talking and yep. to just start trying to coach them and to give them feedback. The hardest thing to do is sit there and don't say anything and just cry with them mm. when they cry and just be there. We think that we need to do other things, but a lot of times that's that's all we need to do. And it's uncomfortable just because that's not what's normal in culture. You don't have people who just come and are present with you. You have people throwing advice and giving you their ideas. Um, so for me, that was um, really good to hear and something I need to work better at. Yeah. And I think that will really change the way that um, – that people heal from suffering and work through suffering is having people around them who just come with no agenda, not trying to solve it, but just being with them. And the reason why we feel so uncomfortable is that we have an immature um, thought process and interaction with suffering Mm -hmm. because suffering is something that doesn't have value in our culture. So we say something because we feel awkward. Mm -hmm. Um, We talk because we feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and uh, that ends up being counterproductive to the person who is suffering. But I think the more that we realize that although it's not common to do that, what is common is the reality of pain and suffering in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Just being here already this morning, I've talked to so many people dealing with such painful, challenging situations. And if we're just able to build up a maturity in our own emotions that Suffering is a part of life and being with people that are in pain um, is such an important aspect of life Mm -hmm. and so valuable to them. Uh, I think the more we're around it and the more we change our perspective and our viewpoint and our philosophy of suffering, I think we'll feel more comfortable saying nothing and just being present. Mm -hmm. And man, the people who have sat with us or the people that have been there for us in the most impacting ways don't really have to say much. And they haven't said much um, other than just showing their love and their support and their kindness and their encouragement. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we need to get comfortable 
with that situation so we're not uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. One other thing that Wes said uh, that I thought was really important was that the world and secularism, they have no uh, purpose or meaning for suffering, which is why they try and fix it and solve it. And we're so used to that. We're mm-hmm. in a culture that wants to promote that everything's perfect. Look at my Instagram. Look at my life. Everything's perfect. So when problems come, we think I need to fix these so I can continue to maintain this false perfection. Um, when in reality, with it, what you were saying was suffering isn't something that we need to try and fix. It's it's just a part of our broken state of life. So yeah, I really appreciated that and thought that was a real cool perspective. So here's some things that people don't need in suffering. And we learned this from the book of Job. Uh, Job's friends um, interacted with him for 35 chapters and they were super theological So they gave all of these philosophies and theological arguments as to why Job's suffering was uh, uh, blamed on him. It was his fault. He was the reason he was suffering. But God ends up rebuking his friends because they were totally wrong. And they totally missed who God was. Mm -hmm. And they totally missed the fact that God has so much compassion and grace on people who are suffering. They were super unhelpful. They hurt Job. They lacked true understanding. So they didn't really have a deep and holistic perspective of what was going on. They lacked grace, love, and compassion. And so they ended up being a detriment to Job. Uh, So there are things that we can do to people in pain and suffering that hurt them. So here's some things that you shouldn't do. Uh, So five things to do. Compassion, faithfulness, love, presence, kindness. Here's some things not to do. First of all, people don't need your theological arguments and philosophical ideas. Hmm. Theological propositions uh, as a spiritual pill to fix people um, really is not comforting or encouraging, especially if you're trying to, you know, blame them or get like super heavy about what they're going through. Like really, that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. So uh, instead of thinking as thinking of the Bible as like the spiritual pharmacy, and I'm going to pick a verse and I'm going to solve this person's depression, solve this person's anxiety, solve this person's medical condition or whatever. Uh, I think God would rather have us live out the scriptures incarnate the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So instead of sending somebody, uh, you know, a verse about their discouragement, why don't you encourage them? Instead of saying, you know, telling somebody anxiety is wrong, which we're going to talk about because the Bible doesn't actually say that, you know, the brokenness of anxiety uh, physiologically is wrong. That is a wrong perspective. We'll get to that. But instead of saying, you know, you know, your anxiety is wrong. Why don't you ask them what they struggle with and pray for them? And uh, be an encouragement in their life and let them know it's okay. And that if they ever need to share with you that they're struggling, that you are available to them. So I think there's other ways to counteract this idea that, that the Bible is a spiritual pharmacy and I'm going to sling my spiritual pills. Why not? Why don't we be who Jesus is to those people mm-hmm. and do the things I talked about? Compassion, faithfulness, love, presence, kindness. That will leave a lasting impact When we just throw out verses, we often take them out of context or misuse them, and that can be hurtful, or somebody can think like that's that's what they need, but it actually doesn't fix them, Um, and maybe sometimes fixing isn't the answer. Maybe something, sometimes compassion, love, kindness, you know, those types of things, that's the answer. That's what they need. Uh, Mm -hmm. Fixing comes from our uncomfortableness with suffering. So um, the second one is people don't need you to fix them, which... I just talked about with all your solutions. What, ha- what happens when we do this is we end up being a burden and we end up overwhelming the person more and we add more stress and pressure to their situation. 
Uh, so uh, trying to, you know, send everybody all the solutions to their health or like, uh, you know, trying to l- let person know you have like the, the deep esoteric knowledge to be able to fix and here's the answer and here's my philosophy to fix their situation. That is really hurtful and it just adds more pressure and stress. And you want to be somebody that doesn't add stress to the person suffering. You want to take away some stress mm-hmm. uh, and bring a good word. Uh, and a good word's like medicine and your presence is, you know, medicine to the heart, the proverb says, and, and your presence is strength to the heart as well. Mm. So uh, the last one is people don't need your criticism. You know, suffering's messy. And if you read the book of Job, like his verb verbiage and what he went through and the process of, you know, trying to, to work through his suffering was super messy. And you know what? That's okay. Mm. Uh, you know, people don't need, suffering's hard enough. It's painful enough. It's depressing enough. It's discouraging enough. It affects people holistically, body and soul. So, you know, you criticizing somebody because they're struggling with some doubts or, you know, you criticizing somebody because, you know, their pain is causing them to do something that you're uncomfortable with or, or what have you, like, just love them. Mm. And it's amazing if you actually start to s- study what suffering does to a person's brain, what it does to a person's body, how it affects the chemicals in the brain. There's going to be some messiness there, but you know what? That's okay because I know this. God is so compassionate and hopeful and loving and kind toward that person. We need to be the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are some things that I shared uh, initially as far as what not to do to people in pain and suffering. Any mm. thoughts on that, Zav? I just love the simple phrase which really stuck out to me uh, about don't just give it, live it with Bible verses. That's what we try mm. to do. You think they're struggling with this, I'm just going to give them a Bible verse. Rather than doing that, go live that Bible verse. Go be Jesus incarnate. Go be present with him. And I think that that is a lot more helpful, which is amazing. The second thing was... Um, regarding criticism we're so quick to criticize people in their suffering and we don't even we, we, we're critics because we don't know you mm-hmm. don't know what's going on and so you start to speculate so what i would challenge people in is um don't don't let your mind wander and speculate um because then you become a critic rather go and meet that person where they're at and take them out to coffee and and ask them how they're doing and ask them how you can pray for them um we will become less critical when we actually begin to build those relationships and have a genuine love and care for the people so i would say pursue those people Mm -hmm. pursue a relationship come come alongside them and ask them what can i do to help you rather than just criticizing criticizing because that's never going to help yeah it's like you know somebody with you know a terminal illness uh, they're going through maybe suffering depression uh, because what happens in our body affects our soul. So to criticize that person that they shouldn't be depressed, this is an ex- example, that actually is wrong. Uh, and it's hurtful and it's unhelpful and uh, it's only making their situation harder because of course living in a broken world with imperfection Uh, and facing a terminal illness is going to cause discouragement and depression in the soul. Mm. Um, Of course that is. And so to criticize somebody as though they're doing something wrong is, is really hurtful and unhelpful. And it's important to know your brokenness is not your identity. It's not who you are. Mm. Um, It plays an important role in your life. You aren't your disease. You aren't, you know, 
the, the ramifications of your disease. And because you're going through a difficult situation doesn't mean that uh, you're less than spiritually. And again, I, I emphasize that because I see this. Um, and I want to be an encouragement to help people who are suffering, but also to help people who maybe have, you know, have misunderstandings and need to redefine and reshape their perspective of suffering and how they interact with it on a daily basis in the lives of people. So uh, I, summed, I summed it all up like this. If you are a Jesus follower, think of this. Think about how Jesus treats you and your brokenness, mm. how he speaks words of encouragement into your soul, how he encourages to keep going, how he loves us in our messiness, how he's not uncomfortable with our pain, how he's constantly giving us grace and mercy when we come to him in our times of need. Like that's who we need to be to other people. Mm. And Jesus understands suffering in a deeper way than any of us. Um, he suffered more than any human being in all of human history. Mm. And because of that, he has a compassion and a sympathy that is greater than any human being will have. Mm -hmm. So the more we can model that, not as extensive as he can, but the more we can model that in the life of people, man, that's what our world needs. Mm -hmm. And when the church does that, and when we as Christians do that, we can reshape and bring care to people's lives who are desperate, uh, in our society today. Any, any final thoughts, Sav? One thing that I, I wanted to share, that I thought it was a real cool word picture someone got during our gathering. During our time of waiting on the Holy Spirit, this individual had this picture of um, a vessel that was broken um, and just the what it was containing, liquid running out mm -hmm. in all these different directions. And it was a picture of human brokenness and how we can only give out to other people through the cracks and the holes in our life. So God actually uses our brokenness, these broken vessels, to give out to other people. If you're this perfect thing and this perfect person and you have nothing to give anybody else, but it's in your brokenness, it's in your suffering that the mercy of God and the grace of God flows from that place and affects and touches other people. So that's why I believe it, it's okay to uh, be in a place of brokenness and to be in a place of suffering because God uses that and redeems that to help other people as well. So your, your life may be hard and painful. However, your life still has purpose mm -hmm. and you're not your suffering, but God can use your suffering to be a huge encouragement and to bring depth of understanding and care to other people. Mm -hmm. So if this week you see opportunities to do that, even in the midst of your pain, uh, to shine some light and bring some hope and bring some care and love into people's lives, I encourage you that God uses our pain and our brokenness more than anything else in our life. Yeah. And what you're going through has meaning and purpose and God's gonna use it. There's hope and we love you. So great to be here with you, Zav. Yeah, in his office, this out. rad office in the attic. I think so, yeah, it might be. Of his church building that he got for free? Yeah. <laughs> That's a wrap for today. Thanks again for joining me. This is a brand new podcast and I would love for you to help me spread the word. You can send a link to your family and friends, post something on your social media, and write a review on iTunes. Thank you for your support. I can't wait to join with you next week for more conversations around Christianity and culture, season one.